Now this is, uh, again, this is uh, along the theme of what we're talking about this year, about incarnating Christ. Remember the incarnating Christ is we want to focus on getting Christ's character so full in our lives so that when people look at us and when, when they look at how we live and, and what we do, they can see Jesus in us. That's what it's about. It's about reflecting the life of Christ, about becoming more like Jesus and giving him bodily expression in our lives. Um, today we're starting a new um, uh, series. It's called Connecting Power. This is about Jesus, the way that Jesus connected with people. It's the way Jesus connected with God. And it's learning how to reflect that in our lives so that we are like Christ in terms of the way he connected with people. So we're, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about friendliness as opposed to loneliness. Now, loneliness is, an, is chronic in our society. You know, I mean, one of the no, number one thing that people suffer with, and it doesn't matter whether you're in a marriage or outside of a marriage, is loneliness. Sometimes loneliness, uh, and I was talking to a friend last week about loneliness, it's something that we, uh, we all experience in our lives. In fact, we were created for the divine relationship with Christ. That's the core of our lives is, is created for God. And even in marriage, we can be lonely if we don't have that relationship with him correct. So Jesus wants us to develop a, a, a friendship with God and we want to emulate that friendship that Jesus have, had with God. We want to have the same sort of friendship with God. Um, so we want to incarnate the friendship that Jesus had with God the Father. We want to reflect that in our lives firstly and then we want to be friendly to people around us like Jesus was friendly to people around us. We want to have the same sort of security and significance that Jesus had with God the Father. We want to have that in our lives and have that same security and significance in our lives so that we can then learn to love others like Jesus wants us. So the difference between uh, friendship and friendliness is quite important to understand. Friendship is one thing. Friendliness is something completely different. Friendship is something that you have with some or maybe just a few people. You have a friendship with a few people. You cannot have a friendship with everybody. It's impossible to do that. You can't have friendship, but you can maintain friendliness to everybody. Jesus maintained an incredible friendship with God. And while he was God's son, he was also God's friend and he walked with God Abraham walked with God and was considered to be a friend of God. And Jesus wants us to be friends of God as well. So we want to learn what that means. Now, we have talked about friendship before in this fellowship, not too long ago in a series about being friendship with God. And we, 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 we dealt with these uh, eight points. Can you remember those? So this is called space repetition. Can you remember those? How many people recall those? Who, this is new to how many people? Look at it if it's new to you. Put your hand up if it's new to you. Okay, it might be new. So I'll go across this very slowly and very carefully so that um, you, can, you can just take this on. And, uh, and if you need to have those notes, you can get them later. Intimacy. The, these eight factors are, 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 are true for friends that last a long time. You know, some friendships are just for a little while and then they, they die. But there are friendships that last for life. The friendships that last for life always have these eight elements in them. If you have these eight elements in your friendships, they will last for life. If you drop some of these elements out of your friendship, the friendship will probably terminate. So these are the eight things that, that uh, are in our lives. That, so 
Friendship with God. Intimacy. Intimacy with God. To be a friend with God, you have to be close and intimate with God. It's a matter of trust. It's a matter of faith. Intimacy is not, you know, get up and close and naked. It's get up, close and trust. Trust is what intimacy is about. Do I trust you? Do you trust God? To be a friend of God, you've got to develop a trust towards God. You've got to develop your faith toward God. You've got to have that sense that you trust him. He, you know he's going to come through for you. They have that wonderful trust relationship. Proximity. You have to cross paths with somebody if you're going to be friends. You have to be you know, crossing paths with somebody. You can't be a friend with God if you don't talk to God on a daily basis. You can't be a friend with God if you're not crossing paths with God on a daily basis, if you're not stopping and chatting with him, if you're not saying, what do you think about that, Father? You know, Or having some sense of interaction with him. If you're not crossing paths with Jesus on a, on a daily basis, you can't be a friend. You know, I'll, I'll come into church on Easter and I'll go to church at Christmas time, but you know, the rest of the time I don't think I'll go to church, I'll just do my own thing. You're not a friend of God. A friend is somebody who walks or cross paths with God all the time and you're talking to God, speaking about God, you know, hearts close in proximity to God. And the, you're self-disclosing, you're opening up your life and you're saying, Lord, this is the, you see me, this is what's happening in my life. And then God is coming back to you and saying, and this is what's happening in my life. He's disclosing himself to you. So there's this communion where he's talking to you and exposing himself to you and showing his heart to you. Like, like uh, Carlos, God showed you something about immortality. And what did he do? He just said, let, let me just show you a glimpse of the immortal, the endless me. And let me just tell you, you're my friend and you're participating in that. And he reveals something of his character to Carlos. And Carlos says, oh, God spoke to me and counted God. Well, well, that's just this. This is just self-disclosure. God disclosing himself. You're hanging around God. You're talking to God. He's talking to you. This is reciprocity. Everybody say reciprocity. There's this sense going back, you know, what's concerning him is concerning you. What's concerning you is concerning him. What's on his mind is on your mind. What's on your mind is on his mind. And you're taking care of it, you know. He says, you know, who will I send? Who will go for us? And you're putting your hand up saying, I'll go. I'll, you know, who will pray? I'll pray. You know, who will fast? I'll fast. You know, what do you want me to do? I'm in there. I'm with you. And, you're, and then you say, God, I, I've got some needs. He says, I'm with you. I'll look after it. There's a reciprocity, backward and forwards, in friendships that last a long time. There's a responsiveness, a sensitivity you're to pain and joy. So you get down there and, and we come to the comforter. I mean, we can get ourselves into situations where we can feel grief. You know? Some people try and get themselves in situations where they don't get any pain in their lives, protect themselves with great big walls around their lives so nothing will hurt them. We don't, we've got to protect ourselves if that, so we don't get hurt because... We don't know what to do with ourselves if we get hurt, you know. Hey, but we have the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he says, you can mourn. And, and that's okay because if you mourn, I can comfort you. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, it says in the Scripture. So there's a sense where, you know, we can, we can be risk takers in friendship. We can be risk takers when it comes to being friendly. We can do the sort of thing that can maybe hurt because we know we can come back to the Father and the Father will help us and deal with the pain and we can get comfort from him. So there's a responsiveness there. Come boldly to the throne of grace, he says, so that you may find help in time of need. Wonderful, isn't it? God is providing all of this so that you can be in a dynamic friendship with him. 
He wants you to engage with him in such a way that you're walking with him through life, a friend of God. And out of that friendship with God comes this oozing sense of confidence in a world that doesn't know God. They look at you and say, what is there? You're a friend of God. So help is always there. You can come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Accessibility. He's always there. The Lord never leaves you, nor will you ever forsake you. He says, where you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man shall do under. He's accessible every minute of that. I wake up at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning. It's only a, a thought and I'm with the Lord. I'm talking to him. He's nudging me. I'm moving. I'm, I'm, we've got this sense of, you know, and then... He can drop in any time he likes. You know, I can be sitting there thinking about something and he can top, drop into my mind and say, you know, Mark, I want you to do this. He, he's got access to me. I've got access to him. Isn't that wonderful? God is accessible to us. Amen. I don't have to go and crawl around the, the building on my knees 100,000 times. I don't have to fast 40 days to get access to God. I have access with God now. Amen. The fasting has nothing to do with me pushing God's arm up behind his back and saying, you better do something for us. This has nothing to do with forcing God to do something. Fasting is just, let's focus. Let's focus on what you're wanting here, Jesus. Help me. Help me to focus now. And then we have that wonderful support that comes from him. He's the strength of our life. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumble and fall. Why? Because the Lord is the helper of my life. Where do I go to find help? I go to the Lord. He's my strong tower. He's my strength. He's my support. That friendship is made available for every believer through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus came. He died for our sins. He died to bring us back into communion with Jesus communion with the Father so that we could walk into this dynamic relationship. So in Romans chapter 8, we, we read these, Romans chapter 5, verses 8 to 11, we, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we were outside of God's friendship and Jesus says, I'm coming to bring you together with God the Father so that you can have this awesome friendship with God. Much more than we have been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we rejoice in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So he's brought us together and reconciled us back to the Father. You know, I don't know what it was like for Adam and Eve when they walked in the garden and they talked with God, when God came down and communed with them in creation in Eden. It must have been awesome, hey? Enjoying the, the, the creation that our father had made and then the father coming down and walking in the cool of the evening and talking and communing with us. It must have been amazing, you know? Jesus says, hey, it's back here now. It's back now. If you don't feel close to God, it's not that God moved away from you. It's you're not focusing on the one who is there with you. 
it's all about your focus. You know how sometimes a person can sit in the room and they're watching the TV and people can walk in and walk out and they don't even notice them because they're watching the TV. You know, the whole world could be going up, up in smoke, but you know, when you're watching, that's me. I mean, if I'm, if I'm watching the TV, I'm dead meat. I mean, that's why I don't have a TV. It's not because my, my, moi has a problem with vision and movement and stuff. And you get that in front of my eyes and I go, ah, oh, zombie. It's terrible. So I get, it, get rid of the TV because I want to be focused. I want to, when somebody comes into my room, I want to be able to look at them and say, hey, I see you. You know, if the TV was there, I mean, sometimes we had, <laughs> oh dear, yep. So if I come to your place, you've got the TV on, you've got a problem, I'm not going to be fully there with you. If you turn it off, I'm there with you. You might have seen that. Some, have you, you've seen that? I've been at your place? You can vouch for that. You had the TV sitting on the corner, I go visit him and I'm just going, oh. And goes, What's wrong with this guy? He's just looking over there all the time. Yeah, that's the problem. I got this thing. I love the movement and the pictures. You, you had to turn it off, didn't you, guys? Yeah, yeah, had to turn it off because Mark either put his back to it or you got to turn it off because Mark gets a zombie to it. You see, know where your problem is and deal with it. My heart's desire is to love Jesus. Amen? Amen. Okay. So that's the wonderful thing. And, jo and uh, Jesus says, this, Greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have, I have called you friends for all the things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. He's disclosed to us. Look, he is calling us friends. You think that's good? Uh, you had some bad time with friendships, haven't you? I mean, all the friends that you've had in the past have hurt you, haven't they? You think about it. You think about it. Your experience of friendship, even in church, has not been very good. In fact, the ones that you thought should love you the most because they have God in their lives have been the ones who got to you the most and stabbed you in the back. It's not been a good... Hey, I'm not telling you to put a human friendship in the place of God. This is a friendship that will never fail. This is a friendship with God who is trustworthy, who will never stab you in the back, who will always be there for you. Well, you can risk it. Turn to your neighbor and say, risk it. Risk it. Start to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. All right, so now if you get this friendship with God happening, and it's a little thing that's going to walk because he's going to say, you know, he might, he might say, Phil, you want to be my friend? I'm God. You want to be my friend, Phil? Oh, yeah, you're into that? High five. Cool, cool. Phil, collect the quail eggs. You in for that? Oh, high five, you're my friend. Hey, listen. Phil... Might like to collect quail eggs, but if Phil didn't like to collect quail eggs, he might have to say, Phil, collect the quail eggs. And he might have to say, Maybe. <laughs> He'll say, Not my will, but thine be done. Something like that, just like Jesus did. I don't like quail eggs, I don't want to collect the quail eggs, but for you, Jesus, I'll collect the quail eggs. 
That's all it is. It's just like, let's go with Jesus. Take the risk. I mean, you want to have a friend that lasts forever, you have to let go of something. And something that you have to let go of is you. The thing that you have to let go of is your independence. When you've got Jesus as your friend, you've got God the Father as your friend, you're going to get so close, you're right there mixed up with him and you won't be able to get away. And thank God for that, hey? Because he's going to carry you all the way through. But friend, you got that, that's a security. Everybody say, having a friendship with God is security. God is security, yeah. It means, it means this is a secure base for everything we do. I can trust that he will always come through for me. Always. I can trust that he will always be there. It's also a very significant base, having a friendship with God. I mean, if you're friends with the most important person in the world, and they said, hey, no one else knew, but he said, hey, how you going, Phil? And it's the most important person in the world. They say, boy, Phil knows him. Woo! They, well, I'll get friends with Phil because he knows him. I mean, it, it, it does something for your significance. I'm so-and-so's friend. Oh, you're God's friend. Hey, Abraham is my friend, says God. Jesus says, you're my friends. If you, Hey, you know who my friend is? You're my best friend is? Jesus. That does something for your security, and it does something for your significance. You can hunt all through life, through everything, through your careers, through everything around you, to find significance and security in all the wrong places. You can put your trust and your hope in the dollar and try and build your bank balance up so that you have security when you die. It's all in the wrong places. Your security is not what you get in terms of how you can store stuff away. Your security is who you know. That's the point of your security. And you can strive as much as you like to try and be significant. You can go and get a degree. You can get lots and lots of education behind you. You can stand there and you can have lots of money, have some status in front of people and say, I'm significant now. And it may mean nothing at all because it can all go to my Significance is not what you get in this world. It's significant and security with God. That's it. That's the immortal significance. That's the one that lasts. On that day when I stand before him, I'm not going to want to hear, who are you? I'm going to want to hear, Mark, how are you? Well done, good and faithful. That's what I want to hear. That's secure and that's significant. So if you got that with God, you got something solid at the core of you. And the reason we have so many people who have so many problems in the society we have today, which is so shaky, is because they have failed to get their security and their significance in the right place. They have failed to get their significance and their security with Jesus. So I'm encouraging you now. Go there and get it with Jesus. Once you got it with Jesus, then you can start doing this friendliness thing. When I got married, my wife's not here so I can talk about her. When I got married, I didn't get married to a girl who was going to make me feel significant and secure. When she got married, I don't think that she married somebody who was going to make her feel significant and secure. We came to our relationship with a relationship with God that was premised in our significance and security in Him. And then as we came together, we weren't looking for 
the other to do something for us to complete us. There's the big problem. If I have to marry a, a woman so that I can feel completed as a person, then all of my eggs of significance and security are in the person's bucket. And I am doomed to be disappointed. You have to get secure in God to be effective in any kind of relationship that you have, whether it be marriage, whether it be work, whether it be anything you do. You have to get secure in God so that you are full of Him. If you're not full of Him, then you're going to go into a relationship and you're going to need that other person. You're going to need that other person to help you. And if that other person can't spend time with you, you're going to feel very needy and you're going to say, oh, he doesn't care for me anymore. He's not talking to me. Oh, he didn't stop me. You got it all wrong because your security and significance have got to be in God. Then you're ready to work. If it's not that way for you, you need to get it that way. You need to build that relationship with God so it becomes so strong that, it, that it, you don't need other people. Everybody turn to the person and say, I don't need you. <laughs> Sounds horrible, doesn't it? You say, I want you, but I don't need you. Yeah, I need Jesus. I need Jesus, but I don't need you. I love you and I want you, but I don't need you. I'm not looking to get something from you. Do you understand that? And then you can understand Luke chapter 6, verse 27, and I'm going to read it to you. Here's Jesus being friendly. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But to you and who, who are listening, I say, love your enemies. <laughs> That's Jesus being friendly. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. How can you do that unless you're coming from a secure base? You cannot love your enemies unless you're coming from a secure base. You cannot do good to those who hate you unless you're coming from a secure base. You have to get your base secure and then you can be friendly to anybody. Bless them that curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks, and if anyone come that takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. There's no difference in your identity as a person if you just give back to the person who's given to you. If you're just loving the one who's loving back to you. There's nothing there that says you're anything like Jesus. It's when you give something good to somebody who hates you. It's when you love your enemy and do good to your enemy. That's when you start to shine Christ out. That's friendliness from a divine perspective. It's not coming from, oh, you know, I need to give to this person so that they can say I'm a good chap. No, no, no. I don't need this person to say I'm a good chap. I'm just going to be giving to them because I can. And I'm secure. 
Well, that's a different wrinkle, isn't it? It's a different wrinkle to what's going on because everybody's in to get something for themselves. This is not about yourself. This is about reflecting Jesus, about his character, and being so confident with him that you can touch the leper, that you can minister to the one who's... You can love the unlovely. It's about that. Friendliness is about not looking at the other person and saying, I'll be your friend if you jump through these hoops. Friendliness is about, you know what? I'm secure and I'm significant in God and I'm going to befriend you. I'm going to put my arms open wide and I'm going to cross over the street. And I'm going to... It doesn't matter what culture you come from. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. I'm going to befriend you because I can be friendly to you. I was amazed in, in Luke, we, we, <laughs> Jesus is going to Jerusalem. This is at the end of his ministry now. He's going to Jerusalem. He's just about going to get crucified. And he's going to go to Jerusalem, uh, through Samaria. Now, he's been through Samaria a couple of times, hasn't he? He says, so I have to go through Samaria. And he went and saw the Samaritan woman there. He showed some great love towards the Samaritan woman. So this has already taken place. He's now going to Jerusalem to die. And he says, oh, we'll go up through Samaria. And the Samaritans didn't want to have anything to do with him. In fact, we're told, it says in the Samaritans, as, as the time approached for him to be taken to, up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set his face to Jerusalem and he sent messengers on ahead who went into Samaria, the Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people did not welcome him because he was heading to Jerusalem. So they still had a prejudice against Jews. This is Jesus who showed great love to the Samaritan woman. And the disciples, James and John, <laughs> I love these guys, they said, uh, Lord, let's call down fire from heaven and consume them. Just give me a nod. Fire! <laughs> I really want to get into it. You know, we want a revival here. Let's calling down fire. You know, that's where that song came from, calling down fire. Um, they want <laughs> You haven't heard that song, don't worry about it. Jesus rebukes them. Uh, Jesus hasn't changed with regard to his heart toward the Samaritans. He still loves them. He says to them, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. He says, he says you don't know what spirit you're from. You know, you, you don't have to get people to accept you before you can accept them. You can just, out of this security and significance, love them. So friendliness versus loneliness has to do with getting your friendship with God so secure that then you can minister to others out of that friendship with God and conquer that sense of loneliness because it's conquered in Christ. Amen? You always have someone there with you. The parable of the... Um, and I'm not going to go on to this because I'll, I'll go give you to 15 past, which is about another two minutes. In Luke chapter 10, we, we, we got the guy says, uh, you know, he's asking Jesus the question about who is my neighbor? And this is where Jesus gives the parable of the, the, the good Samaritan. And the word neighbor is the word a friend. And for the, the Jews, it was anyone, any person where two were concerned, a fellow man, a fellow neighbor, according to the Jews, it was a member of the Hebrew nation and the commonwealth. But according to Christ, any other man, irrespective of the nation or religion, 
was considered to be his friend or his neighbour. So Jesus had this broader uh, explanation for it. And then he tells the story about uh, the man who went down uh, towards uh, Jerusalem and got mugged and then was laying there. Jericho mugged and was laying there and he got um, you know, half dead, naked and robbed and stuff. And then he says a, a priest comes through, a religious priest comes through, a Pharisee comes through. And he walks on the other side of the road. Won't have anything to do with him. And then a Levite, he's a priest in waiting, I suppose. He's of the priestly class, but he's not in office. He comes back. He won't have anything to do with them all. And then a Samaritan dog. Samaritan dog. Someone who's not worth, you know, you wouldn't mix with those people. The lesser. He comes along and he's got a heart for the guy. And he spends money for the guy. And he pours oil and wine in the guy and fixes the guy up and pays for him to be looked after. He's got a heart for him and he was a friend to him. You see, this guy, who was a religious leader, was too worried about his significance as an individual. He had no security in terms of God. The law would say, don't touch the dead body because if you touch the dead body, the dead body would contaminate you. That was what the law would say. They would sift out what is right and what is wrong and they would keep away from the wrong so they would not get contaminated by the wrong. Right? That's the law. Grace is far greater than law. Grace says to the man who comes to Jesus and says, I'm a leper. Grace says, I'll touch you. Be healed. Grace overcomes the law. Grace overcomes the the security that God has. He's not worried about catching leprosy by touching the leper. He's not worried about catching death by touching the man who's born. He touches the coffin that's dead. The, the, the son that's been killed raises him to life. He's not worried about getting contaminated. His security is in God. Your security must always be in God. If your security is in God, then you can do all kinds of things. You know? The law says you have to make all the rules and keep all the rules and make sure you get it all right so that you get, you know, and I'm safe and secure and significant if I keep all the rules around my life. You know? Get your life in, in harmony with Jesus and Jesus will provide the protection for your life and you will have an influence in the world around you. Amen? There's only one risk, I think, of friendship that I want to talk to you today about, and that's found in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, it says, Friendship with the world is hatred towards God. That's the risk. So when you're, when you're wanting to walk with Jesus, the risk that you take with walking with Jesus is is Trying to think that you can walk in two places at the same time. I'll be walking with Jesus and loving Jesus and I'm walking in the world and being friend. You can be friendly to the world, but you're not allowed to have friendship with the world. You got that? Friendly with the world, but not friendship with the world. In the world, but not of the world. So I have proximity in the world, but I am not of the world. I have intimacy with Jesus, I have no intimacy with the world. I have self-disclosure with Jesus, but I don't trust the world and I don't disclose myself to the world. You can't walk these two lines. 
So friendship with the world is enmity towards God. And if you're trying to be a friend of God and a friend of the world, it won't work. And you're probably going to have problems right there. Right there. So the thing that I want to leave you with today is the only risk that you have in terms of your friendship with God is trying to strike up a double standard and having a friendship with the world. You've got to have one or the other. You cannot have both. You got that? Okay, that's enough. I could go on for another hour. You know that. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> All right, let's pray and ask Jesus to help us. Lord, you want us to become so confident in you, Lord, so bold in you, Father. Lord, you want us to be full of you, Jesus, full of your Holy Spirit, so full, Lord Jesus, that we are bold as lions, Father, in this day. Father, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind, Father. You did not bring us into this place that we should cower, Lord, at the face of evil, Father, but you brought us to this place to make a difference, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that if we get close to you, Father, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits, Father. We know that if we get near to you, Jesus, your great love for God and your love for us, Lord Jesus, will cover us and, Lord, cause us to be a light that shines in the dark place. You did not call us to be hidden under a bushel, Father. You called us to be put on a lampstand and to shine brightly, to be sons of the light, not sons of darkness, Father. We pray this morning morning father that you would so touch us that we would crave a friendship with you god so much so that you would consume all of us father take all of us lord jesus and to the place that we can be bold and fearless in this world father and live out your gospel to those around us friendly giving the way of life to those who are lost we ask it in jesus mighty name and everyone said amen, amen. god bless you greet one another